0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. So we fire wells within me, and if God could be for me, who could be against me? I need somebody to understand at this moment in your life, that situation that has come over you, that depression, that whatever it is, that that, that, that that issue that needs a tissue. I'm telling you right now, it is not bigger than our God. Our God is a strong tower. Our God is a high tower. He is a shield, a buckler. He is my help in times of trouble. He is my God. He is my fortress. He is my rescue. He is my healer and my provider. He is God. He is God all by himself. And if that God that sits on the throne decided that he wanted to come down here to earth and walk among men and be sacrificed by his own creation and not just leave and go back to heaven, but send us back his spirit so that we wouldn't be by ourselves to give us help in these troubled times. Hallelujah. There is nothing that we cannot face. I didn't say it's going to be easy, and neither did God. But he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. There is troubles in this world, but God overcame them all so that you can overcome them with him. Praise God. Yeah, some of you guys are made. There's some situations that that you've been facing that were made to put you in the grave. You're facing them right now. It's like this, this is supposed to kill me. and I need you to understand something. That same situation you're going through is the same situation Jesus went to. The cross was meant to kill him. It was meant to kill him. and The tomb, the, the tomb was meant to keep him in there. Oh, I'm sorry for preaching the Easter message the week after Easter, but he's still alive. Jesus vive. He is still alive. And my God, my God, he rose on the third day. Why? Because he took away the victory of the grave. He took away the sting of death. And that very thing, that very situation that you're dealing with right now, this very moment is the reason why you came to church today. Because you are just, you are overburdened with troubles, and you came to church to hear a word, and God knows what you came, and he came to tell you that he is the God of all things. And it's that same thing that you thought was a setup to kill you is really a setup to kill your flesh and release the potential that God has placed in you. Hallelujah. Go through that crucifixion, baby. Stay on the cross. Don't you get down. And as soon as it's over, you can hang your head and say it is finished. Not I am finished, but it is finished. It is done. My ministry is now going to start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God. Man, who would want to serve another God? I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. My gosh, I'm still stuck on who God is. I I don't have to praise him for what he's done. I don't have to praise him for what he's doing. I could just praise him for who he is. We just got to see him in his earthly form because he put on flesh and came and dwelt among men. But if we were to see him sitting on the throne, we would know the same God that sits on the throne is the same God that lives in us. The same throne that is in heaven is the same throne that's in my heart. And God sits upon the throne of my heart. Why are you troubled? Beloved, why are you troubled? (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Praise God. When I feel alone, when I feel by myself, when I feel like there is no help, he is the helper. When I'm all alone and I feel like down in my troubles and no one can be there, there's not a word that my wife can tell me, my sons can tell me, my, my friends can tell me, but God says that he is the comforter. Hallelujah. Praise God. When everybody's turned against me and they rose up some foul words to speak against me, and I can't defend myself, and I'm trying to defend myself and talk about how good God is. I'm trying to say that I'm a Christian, even though I'm just act, not acting like one, and I want to stand up and defend myself against my accusers. All I have to do is back up because He's my counselor. He defends me. But most of all, He's my God, He's my Savior. He's my father, the everlasting father. I don't know about you, but I know when I was little and somebody did something to me I didn't like or I was afraid, I said I'm going to go tell my daddy. Some of y'all may have didn't grow up with a dad, but you would say I'm going to go tell my mama. I need you to understand the position of authority. It ain't about the sex, it's about the authority. Okay, so it's like I'm going to go tell my daddy because I know if I go tell my daddy, he's going to come handle this problem. Why can't we be like children when the enemy comes against us? Why can't we say I'm going to go and tell my daddy on you? I've watched kids get hurt and scream, mama, daddy. Because they know if their dad or mom can hear they come running with a fury nothing could stop him from getting to their child I need you to understand how much more would a God who created us and loves us when we call upon the name of Jesus Christ will he come and running when he would come and save us from out of our trouble I don't I'm listening Saints I ain't saying he's gonna pick you up out of a mess but he sure will give you peace in it. When Stephen was being stoned to death, see, people thought, "Well, I'll call on God; He'll deliver you from out of all your problems. He'll deliver you out of anguish." Yeah. Yeah. Stephen's being stoned; they wasn't throwing pebbles at him. And Stephen looked up and he said, "God, forgive them, for they know not what they do." He was imitating his Savior. And you know what Jesus? You know what the Bible says Jesus did? He got up off the throne and was like, that's my son. You can't have that kind of boldness unless you know who your father is. That I could stand in the face of death and still stand like, I do not fear man who can take this body. I only fear the God that can destroy this soul. And I don't fear him and afraid of him, but I fear him because I love him. And all you're doing is releasing me. To go be in his presence. Come on, come on. You guys need to understand this life. This life is temporary. It is temporary. We're just on assignment right now, and we don't know when our assignment is going to end. We don't know how our assignment's going to end. But I want you to guys, I want you guys to have joy in knowing that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I need you guys to know that don't know me. I'm walking around with a diagnosis of death on my life. I'm not preaching as if I don't know what it's like. I'm talking to somebody in here today. I know what it's like, but I'm on assignment. I ain't got time to be wallow in my sorrows. I ain't got time. I got work to do. I got things I got to do. I, I gotta do, I gotta do everything I know to do naturally, but I can't, everything naturally is helping a little, but I gotta rely on who my father is. Praise God. Why are you doing this? God is good. Amen, you guys. Come on now. He's he's, he's, he's ministering to us right now. He's been doing this for the last couple of weeks with me uh, just personally, but I just feel the need to let you guys know something. I, I, I'm sorry, i got to get back on it. God is not a God that is just a man that sits on the throne with a big beard and, and, and looking down and crossing his legs with fu- a lightning bolt shooting out of his hands. That's not God that we serve. He's a consuming fire. Consuming fire. A whirlwind. A tempest, a storm that destroys anything in its path. Saints of God, if you just for one second can fathom the thought of a tornado, category five, being made of fire, and behind it is winds of fire, and that it just rumbles and shakes the ground, you're close to thinking about who our God is. That's why the angels that go around them and worship them, every time they go around, they're like, holy, holy. Holy. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's Almighty. You haven't seen Almighty. We're going to go see the the, the Avengers today, and we're talking about their mighty. That ain't mighty compared to our God. He's Almighty. They might be mighty, but He's Almighty. And it's funny, this big fire and this big tempest, this big wind that's blowing that at any moment, if it moves forward, it can take apart creation, let alone me. And I stand before this awesome God and I want to tell him stuff like, "Uh, Lord, I know you want me to do that, but I got plans. I got plans, God. There's things I want to do. Category five right now. Category five. Mile-wide tornado, if you even heard it was coming this way, you would run in fear. I can guarantee you right now, I, I, there might be two people that drop down on their knees and start praying, but everybody else is looking for the shelter. You're looking for a shelter. You're looking for a sanctuary, a safe place. You're running. How many people would run towards it? That's God. So imagine that being God and the fear that we would have if we could see God for who he is. That's why he told Moses, you can't see me and live. No man can see me and live. Fear by itself will destroy you. You can only see me. You can only stand before me in me, which is in Christ. Can you stand before me? If you're out of Christ, you can't stay. You're going to die. So would we see God and know who this God is that we serve? We would see him in fear and in reverence. Whatever you want me to do, Master. Yes, right. And I said this and I'll say it again. It's that same consuming fire that same whirlwind, that same tempest, that same category five hurricane, that consuming fire that stands bigger than creation all of itself, that same thing that's bigger than creation, bigger than creation, lives in you. (sighs) You guys hear me? So why do you tremble at anything when that tempest that whirlwind that fire lives in you why am I afraid of the terror by night why am I afraid by the arrows the fiery darts by day I'm not afraid of the sickness and pestilence that comes around why because I abide in him and he abides in me so whatever I ask of the Father, it shall be done. Yes. Yes. Thank, you been. Been. So good. Thank you, Lord. So good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. No more, no more. This, I, I hate to say it, we 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 think of God uh, as a pagan god. I think His name is Odin. Is that His name? I'm telling you right now, if I ask somebody to draw God, and what you see in all the arts and pictures, it's this dude sitting on the cloud with a big beard, and he's reaching his finger down towards the earth, and man's reaching his hand up to touch him. We think of God as Odin. Look, we're all guilty of uh, idolatry. When the Bible describes him specifically in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that he is a consuming fire. All through the Bible, you see God as a fire. There was a fire on top of Mount Moriah. There was a fire over the the, the tabernacle. There was fire that set upon the heads of the apostles on the day of Pentecost. There was fire that was shut up in the prophet's bones. When the prophet was brought before the Lord, it says that the angel brought up a coal, a heaping coal of fire, and he placed it upon his lips. He is fire. Fuego. You guys ready for the test? You ready for the test? Uh -uh. (laughs) I'm going to get into my word. I'm just going to give my, just do me a favor real quick. You guys give God a praise for the word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you for that revelation of who you are. That's why you said that perfect love casts out all fear. Because your perfect love is who you are. And once we get the knowledge of who you are, fear can't stand anywhere around it. We thank you for that revelation so that we can walk in the knowledge of you. So we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me get with the word. I promise you I won't be here too long. But this word I have to get out. I just had to get out. But God wanted to speak to us. So um, listen, sabia que una puebla Prueba en la Biblia. Y nos enfrentamos a esta prueba cada vez que nos pagan. Many believers didn't know that there is a test in the Bible and we face this test every time we get paid. Con que frecuencia la pagan. How often do you get paid? If you ever get paid, you are going to take this test. Cuando se la uh, pagar un prueba. This test is, who are you going to thank for your income? A quien agradecer por tu ingreso. Better yet, whom are you going to worship? palabras, a quien vas adorar. So the answer to that question lies in what you do with the first 10% of your income. La respuesta a esa pregunta radica en lo que hace con el primer 10% de su ingreso. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is a continuation of the blessed life. And what we're talking about is not a blessed finance, it's a blessed life. And I need you to understand that this word that I'll be sharing over the next few weeks isn't just to bless your finances, it's to bless your life your marriage, your job, your business, your friendships, your relationships, if you keep what God has commanded you. Amen. How many people believe the Word of God? You guys believe the Word of God. You guys believe the Word of God that if you, if you just call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Amen? Amen. 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 You believe that God wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen? Amen. If you believe that, raise your hand. Say, I believe. All right, if we could believe God for salvation, if we can believe God for healing because he said, by your stripes, we are healed. If we could believe God for all that, why can't we believe him for tithing? Yeah, it's a trip how we want to believe the things that will work real good for us because we get that free. But when it comes to me taking something out of my pocket, it's a different story. Hold on, wait a minute now. What you mean? What you mean, God? See, the answer in the question about who you're going to thank lies in, listen very carefully, who you give the first 10% of your check to. Now You guys understand this is going to be the word of God I'm about to tell you, not pastor's word. Some of us in here like to thank Visa first. Algunas <laughs> personas a la a Visa y MasterCard. See? People like to think, they like to think their Visa card, their MasterCard, they pay their, their, car, their car payment, uh, PG&E, they, that's the first thing you hit as soon as the check hits. It's like, you writing checks, you typing on things, that's the first thing you hit. But I got to tell you something right now. Visa, MasterCard, your car payment, or even your house note does not have the power to change your life for the better. It doesn't have the power to give you peace. It doesn't have the power to prosper you. But Visa definitely has the power to make you a slave. How many people got a mortgage? You guys know what mortgage means? Death grip. It literally does. It's Latin. Mort, as in mortuary, meaning death. Mort, gauge, to grip, to hold. It's a death hold. A mortgage. See, what you mean, Pastor? Proverbs 22 and 7 says this, the borrower is the servant to the lender. You guys ever have somebody borrow money from you? You see them all the time, but they borrow money. Hey, man, you know, let me hold that hundred. Can I hold a hundred? I'll get you back. It's a little short of my luck. Can I borrow some money from you? I'll pay you next week. You're like, sure, I got it. You give them money, then you don't see them no more. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know why they don't show up? Because they're now your slave. Wow. Nobody wants to be a slave. You know, the Bible says, oh, no, man, nothing but to love him. So, you know, that's the whole thing about borrowing. We borrow, we borrow. Do you know Visa card is just a card and permission to borrow with interest? Some of y'all need to check your interest rates. Earn that card. Card's only good for picking your teeth. la palabra de Dios. <laughs> Do you believe in the word of God? Yeah. Master again. I, I need to know if you believe the word of God. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna give you a heads up. We're gonna go through a lot of scripture this morning. Hoy tenemos muchos escritores que el diezmo es biblico we will see that tithing is scriptural and the scriptures are God's word. Amen? Amen. Las, las escrituras son la palabra de Dios. Turn to Malachi. Malachi. We're going to read from chapter 3. Now, I want you to understand that this is not something I made up. Some of y'all here, here it goes again. The pastor is preaching about Money and all that other stuff. No, I'm preaching the word of God. Okay? And because I'm preaching the word of God, if you get mad at me, you're really getting mad at God. You can be mad at me for repeating what God says, but still, God said it. Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Okay? Can you guys understand something? God doesn't change, the world changes. People's morals change. What's acceptable in life may change, but what God says is what God says. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. So here it is. The Lord is speaking through the prophet Malachi. He says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. Somebody say ordinances. And have kept not them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? Let me pause for a second. I need you guys to understand this is God talking, this is God speaking. The Lord God who does not change. He says, You have gone away from my ordinances. An ordinance is a principle of ordinary behavior, a principle of ordinary behavior. Un principio de comportamiento ordinario. This next verse, I promise you, a preacher didn't make this up. I didn't make it up. Yo no invente esto. Dios lo dijo. Verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, In what way have I robbed you? in tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse. You ain't just cursed. You curse with a curse. <laughs> For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open For you, the window of heaven, and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. Everybody in Susun and Fairfield, all through Solano County, will know that you are blessed, for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. This is God talking. This is our God. The God who cannot change. I need you to understand something first, saints. If I go to your house and you're not there and take something, that's called theft. I stole it. Get that. There's a difference between stealing and robbing. The definition of robbery is taking an object or something from a person physically. They have it. It's on their their property, on their body, and I take it from you forcibly either by intimidation, forcibly, or by threat. That's a robbery. California Penal Code 211. It's a difference. So I need you to understand something. God did not say, will a man steal from God? He says, you have robbed me, which means this is personal. You are snatching it out of the hands of God with threat, intent, with malice, and forethought. I need you to pay attention to words here because the seriousness of this whole act is in the, in the Scripture. He says, you have robbed me. And not only have you robbed me, you robbed this whole nation. God says, you have gone away from my ordinances. You've gone away from my ordinary principle of behavior. Listen. Tithing is a principle of ordinary behavior for God's children to thank Him for their income. Hmm. I got not even one amen. To thank God for their harvest and to thank God for their increase. Amen, amen. Priest Pastor. <laughs> I will. Listen, and because we have gone away from God's ordinary principle of behavior, we are all under a curse. And I know some of you in here are saying right now, well, Christians Christians aren't cursed. Christians can't be cursed. Christ bore all of our curses on the cross when he died. I understand that. And he did do that. But that has to deal with salvation and the curse of death. Christians can be cursed. If you think Christians can be cursed, I need you to listen. If you think Christians can be cursed, you are saying that we can live any way we want to live and, and nothing's going to affect us like this. Watch this. If we cheat and get caught, what? There are consequences, right? If I lie and I'm caught, there are consequences, right? Right. So what we need to understand is a curse is a consequence. So what kind of consequence do you think you're going to deal with when you steal from God? Oh, when you rob God. There's a consequence to pay when you rob God. God owns everything we have. He owns a thousand cattle on He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You didn't earn anything. Deuteronomy eight and eighteen. It is the Lord thy God that has given you power to obtain wealth. God gave you the power to get it. He's our source. Our jobs is a resource. We sit down and try to thank our jobs and everything instead of giving God thanks. God says, I own everything. The only thing I ask back from you is 10%. That's why he said, you have robbed me because God set apart 10% for the house of God. Now, I know some people will be like, you know, I do, man. I give 10%. You know, I give to homeless, and I give here. It doesn't say that in the scripture. It's for his house. Because sometimes what happens, don't get me wrong. I believe that people need help. Don't get me wrong. But I need you to understand something. There's such thing as toxic help. You out there giving people money, and you ain't making them get better. You're helping them. You're enabling them in their situation. A lot of us do. We run out and feed people, and we're feeding all these people. But do you realize there's a, they know where the food's at. My wife and I heard a testimony one time, and it was, you know, the person was really excited about it. And they were out handing out food, and some, they are handing out tacos. And this dude came back, and he says, hey, uh, ma'am, you know, I was really hungry. Uh, do you think I can get another taco? And she says, if you let me pray for you, if you say the Lord's Prayer. And said, so Jesus, he goes, Sure. I'll do anything for another taco. That ain't salvation. That's saying a script to get another taco. Toxic. That's why God says, bring it to the house of the Lord where I know there's a thing called discernment. And there's a thing called order. So that when you bring people in, you can hold them hostage and preach the gospel to them. (laughs) Okay, before we eat, we're going to go ahead and tell you how Jesus says For the next three hours. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then You'll find out who's really hungry at that point. Okay, back to what I'm talking about. Curse with a curse. There's consequences. God owns everything. So if you're keeping God's 10%, you're robbing him. (sighs) Ooh, pastor, that's tough. I know, but it's the word. Well, preach it then. I will. I didn't make this up, y'all. I didn't make it up. I promise you I didn't make it up. I also promise you this. If I was in this for money, I would have stayed at my last job. I was making six figures. I got in this to share the truth with you so that you could be free like God set me free. That's what this is all about. I'm giving you the unadulterated word of God. I don't have to manipulate it. I don't have to do anything but just give it to you. God said it. And these are strong words. You have robbed from me. You have robbed me and now you are under a curse. God is saying this to his people. God doesn't want us cursed but you voluntarily place yourself under a curse because you have gone away from God's ordinary principle of behavior. Listen, saints, if I'm standing outside with an umbrella and it's raining and you don't want to get wet, where do you think you need to stand? Under the umbrella. Under the umbrella. And i like, look, as long as you stay under this umbrella, you will not get wet. But for some reason, we want to venture outside of the umbrella and it starts raining. And we're like, Why? <laughs> Ah, why am I getting wet? My phone is wet it ain't working. My makeup, my hair, I, ah. I got hair right here. So we stand, we stand in. And God's saying the same thing. He's like, I got a covering that you need to stand over. It's called my word. And when you don't stand under this covering and things happen to you, don't stand out there and cry about it. Just get back underneath the covering. That's what we're doing. It's our own fault that we step out from under God's covering. God don't push you out from it. He's inviting you into it. But it's up to you to stay under it. But when you decide not to do to what God says, you step out voluntarily, and now you're cursed. You guys know one number one reason why people don't tithe? This is what I hear. It's the Old Testament, Pastor. Tithing was, uh, was given to us in the law, and we are no longer under the Levitical law. Besides that, we're Gentiles, so we're not under the law. When Jesus died, the law was abolished. You're right. The the Levitical law does not have to be followed by us. We're free from it, right? But wasn't tithing in the Levitical law? Listen, tithing is found in Malachi chapter 3 and it's found in chapter 4. Then we skip over to Matthew chapter 1. Malachi is the end of the Old Testament. Matthew is the beginning of the New Testament. If you look at it naturally, tithing is at the center of the Bible. So don't you think that tithing ought to be in the center of our lives? So why did God put tithing in the Bible where it was? First thing is a test. Tithing is a test. God is testing our hearts. Because in Luke chapter 12, verse 34, he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. A lot of us, because we don't tithe because it's a heart issue. Ooh, ooh. See, we have to question the motives of our heart, when we argue about tithing. If God gave himself as a ransom for you, if he's given you his spirit, if he's given you his mercy, and he's given you life and life more abundantly, why wouldn't you want to give back just 10%? So people go, well, why is it 10%? Why can't it be 8 Now, I'm going to ask you okay, just think of the number 10 when I ask these questions. Are you Ready? You guys ready for the test? How many plagues were in Egypt? How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times was Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelations? How many disciples were there? Ah, you guys are listening. Pastor bailed y'all out. <laughs> Jackie, yelled out to her too. Oh, okay. There were 10 lepers, 10 talents, 10 minas. There were exactly 10 I ams in the book of John. There's a thing called pneumology that is in the Bible. It's the study of numbers. It talks about number three is the perfect number. Number six is the number of man. And it goes on. Number five is grace. Um, number Uh, seven is is completeness, number eight is new beginnings. We get to number 10. Why the number 10? Because 10 represents redemption. Redemption, to redeem. God redeemed us back to him through Jesus Christ. Amen. And God requires 10% to redeem your money back to him. He will redeem your money. And that's why he says, if you redeem your money, then it's blessed. And then, guess what I'll do? I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. You will have fruit growing, and it won't be able to kill your fruit. Tithing is a a test. It's not just a normal test. It's a two-way test. You're being tested, and once once you're tested, you can turn and test God. You find in the Bible, you read, God don't God don't God says, God does not God's not testing and he doesn't test any man. But he find in this scripture, he says this, try me. And see. The problem with this two-way test is you got to pass the test before he could be tested. You guys hear me? You got you got to pass the test, which means you got to start tithing and then God says, "Tithe and then Try me and see. Okay, I believe God for salvation. He didn't. He didn't say try me, but now He's talking about finances and and peace and grace and blessings on my life. Try me and see. Why aren't we rushing? Come on. Come on. You said you believe the word of God. That's good. 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 You guys, preachers, okay, <laughs> I'm pre. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Tithing is biblical. Listen to me very carefully. Tithing just ain't old, isn't just the old covenant of, of the Levit- Levitical law. Levitical law. Why they call it Levitical law? Because it all comes from the first priest, w- was from the tribe of Levi. And Levi was actually a person. From out of Levi's lineage, it just became what? The Levites, the priesthood. That's Levi. Levi was one of the sons of Israel. Jacob. Got it? Yes. Jacob was the son of? No, Isaac, Isaac, Isaac was the son of Abraham. Come on, you guys, if you don't know this, make sure you're here on Tuesday nights. <laughs> Bible study. Okay, that's, that's real talk. So I understand that. Watch this. Now we're going to talk about Abraham, Abram, Abraham. This is before any of his kids were born. Genesis chapter 14. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand and gave him a tenth of all. So Abraham went out and fought all these these guys, killed them all, took everything they had. He had gold, cattle, all kinds of stuff. And then he goes to the high priest of God, Melchizedek, and he goes and blesses him with a tenth. I need you to understand something. Levi wasn't even born yet, so you can't say it was under Levitical law. This was something that was established before Levi was even born. This was established exactly or approximately 500 years before Levitical law. Genesis 28 and 22. And this stone which I have set a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me I will surely... Give a tenth to you. Tenth. Tithe. Somebody say tithe. tithe. Leviticus 27 and 30. Now here we go with the Levites. And of all the tithe of the land, whether a seed of the land or the fruit of the trees is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2. And it shall be, when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, when you come into the business that you've created, when you get the house that God has given you, when you, when you get the apartment that God has given you, as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of that first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in baskets and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Church. Thirteen. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levites. The stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that you have commanded me. How many people in here are eating God's tithe? Now, I know some of you guys in here are like, dude, look. I need to see something in red letters because if it's in red letters, I know Jesus said it. (laughs) It's in red letters. Jesus said it, and I'm going to believe it. I don't want to hear from Malachi or Deuteronomy. I don't want to hear from them. I need to hear from Jesus, okay? All right? I just want to tell you guys something. Honestly, whether it's in red letters, whether it's in black letters, it is all the Word of God. There is none higher or lower than the other one. It is all the Word of God. They just make it red so you know that Jesus was actually speaking. But Jesus is the one that spoke all of this. He is the Word. That's why he says, lo, I come in the volume of a book. So it is all him. But uh, just to help you guys out, I'm going to read something in red. (laughs) Matthew 23, 23. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You guys are hypocrites. For you pay tithes. Let me read that again. You pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. So what he's saying is you tithe of all that you have, but you don't give what's more weightier, that is law, justice, and mercy, and faith. He says, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So what's he saying? Yes, you should tithe, but yes, you need to show faith, mercy, and justice. Jesus said you ought to do both. So if Jesus said you ought to do both, and it's in red letters, Hebrews 7 and 8, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Saints of God, let me tell you something. Here mortal men, men, the pastors, the church, receives the tithe. But we receive it, but God receives it also. That's why, you know, like a lot of people get upset because they've been to other churches where they've tithed and and then find out that there was misappropriation of the money and they get upset. Don't get upset. God received your tithe. They mishandled God's money. They gonna answer for that. You ain't gotta worry about me. my hands are clean. You curse with a curse. Number three, tithing is a blessing. Tithing's a blessing. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute to support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. I just want to share something with you. Just just to be honest and straight out, people always say that the tithe is to support the pastors and the ministers that are trying to devote their lives fully to the the church. I remember the day that the Lord told me it was time to quit my job. But I was like, God, it's such a blessing. Because, no, listen, because if we didn't make rent, I made enough money to take out of my own pocket, because I was tithing too, but to take out of my own pocket to make sure that we could make rent or pay the PG&E bill, or if something happened, I said, God, my job is a blessing. But God says, how do you expect the church to grow? And even more so, how do you expect to grow trying to work a job and come and minister to people? I called you to shepherd people, not make money. Now, there's people in here that God has given that gift. They, they, they're, they're philanthropists. There's they're guys That's their job. But God, on faith, I had to step out. This is what I need you to understand. When I stepped out and quit my job, I stepped out on faith, and I need you to understand something. That did not alleviate me from tithing. I, 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 I just want to share this testimony. There was times that my wife and I struggled so bad financially, and I was getting I was getting paycheck, but we were struggling financially so bad that we were showing up at people's houses. Because I'm the pastor, I didn't want to tell nobody that we didn't have no food in our cabinet. My kids hadn't eaten. I'd show up to my mother's house. I'd show up to my in-laws' uh, house, papa's house, right around dinner time. It's just a coincidence, right? Just show up. Oh, hey, oh, are you, are you guys eating? I'm sorry. Because I know they're going, oh, come on in, get something to eat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had a choice every month to take part of the tithe and eat it or give it back to God to whose it was. I don't know how many times we got our PG&E shut off and water, but I'm serving God. I'm giving God my all. I quit my job for God. God, why can you do this to me? Wow, God, why, why, why? Then we did get a little bit of money, and then we were, like, happy about it, and I think you guys heard this before, and the Lord says, I gave you that as an offering to give to me. So Kai and I cried. And we gave it. I remember. I remember giving that day. I'll never forget that day. Uh, gave it, but because we stayed faithful during that little time, you talking about the windows of heaven opening up? It didn't happen. In, it didn't happen in a week. It didn't happen in two weeks. It didn't even happen in three months. It was three years, three years, and on the third day. I got a check in the mail because they had messed something up. And then I got another check in the mail because I deserved it before this. They cleared some other things. And I, oh, my gosh, you talking about, I'm like, this happened all the, I'm telling you, one day, one day, boom, 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 checks, tens of thousands of dollars, checks. I'm talking about, oh, we got money to go buy a house now, checks. So we ran, and we went and bought our house. I'm, let me tell you, you don't have room enough to receive it. We had, we got checks, and I looked at my wife. I said, we ain't taking nothing out of this rented house. Leave it here. We're moving in this house with nothing, didn't I? We get to the house, we didn't, I, and then, you know, because I got this money, and me, I'm trying to hold on to it. I'm being a good steward. We've been broke so long. I need to see money in the bank. Yeah. Kai's like, uh-uh, I need this, I need this, uh-uh, I need that. I'm like, no, we're going to wait. And then, so finally, she talks to like, John, the kids ain't sleeping on the floor. okay. So I run out to Ikea, and I buy all this furniture. I didn't want to buy it. I paid cash for it. I come back. The guys from the church were helping me unload it. I think Fred was there. A couple other guys were there. They were helping me unload everything. And then my realtor pulls up. And she's like, hey, John, I got something for you. And I go get it. She hands me this envelope. This is from part of the closing. It was You paid more money than you were supposed to. I opened it up. It was exactly the amount I spent on all the furniture. This is a true story. I'm not lying. I would not make this up, especially standing here. This is a true story. It's because of the faithfulness that I stayed with God's Word. It was a blessing. But listen, saints, there our pastors, people, are, it's not just Kai and I, but what we're doing is we're growing to. You guys need counseling. You need people giving you the Word. There's, there's different things that we need to have going on here, and people aren't able literally to work a regular job. We want to start hiring people full time. My God, my son and his wife. He quit his job, and they're struggling. They're struggling, but they're, they're taking care of your children. Have you seen the impact they're making on your kids? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he didn't ask me for this, but they are getting peanuts. Peanuts. And it should not be so. If we all got together and just stayed under the umbrella of God and did what God told us all to do, nobody would be struggling. You'd have somebody who would be able to go to the schools and see your kids instead of having to wait till they come here. There's nothing worse than a pastor that's trying to pastor your kids that has to sit down and worry about his own stuff and then listen to your kids' stuff and then listen to your stuff. How is he supposed to forget about his stuff and his children and his wife and his house? You guys hear me? Thank you, Lord. Tithe, be your blessing. When you tithe, you're a blessing. You know that people could be here. The doors are open because you can come and get counseling. You can come and get talking. You can come and, and, and kneel down in the middle of the day when you're struggling with life. And you know that, hey, that everybody, the, the church is going to be open because I can just come down, music's playing, and be able to sit at the altar and just worship the Lord. As I close, how many people in here would go to a restaurant, eat a really good meal, and then leave without paying? <laughs> Y'all laughing. Let me tell you something. If, if the lady never comes by with a check, don't get up and be like, ooh, the Lord has made us invisible. <laughs> don't do that. You're a, you end up. Look, God, I think God has blessed us. Why don't you go to the car first? No, 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 no. That ain't God. If God's gonna bless you, what He's gonna do is, the, rep, the, the 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 waiter's gonna come up to you and go, Hey, don't worry about it. Somebody already paid for your meal. You can look and go, Praise God. Or maybe maybe even the the the, the waitress will come up to you. Will come up to you and say, Listen. God, or not God, because they're probably not saved, but they'll look at you and go, hey, don't worry about it. You guys have been so nice. It's on me, right? So then, so then what, do you, what do you do? You're like, well, praise God. God is good. Let me give you something, saints. If somebody takes care of your bill, you was getting ready to pay for it anyway, right? Why don't you just pull that money out and go, how much was it? Put it out and leave a tip for the person. I think the world calls it uh, pay it forward just got blessed. Well, praise God. I'm going to pay it for it. Hey, you're about to get blessed. Boom. That's what God calls to do. God has called you. He's blessed you to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. So many of us want to hold blessings to ourselves. Do you know that God, watch this, God has made you a blessing so that you'll bless others. Let's talk about my niece here. The lovely Atira. God has blessed her with a gift to worship and sing and play. Now, now listen to me when I tell you this. She could probably go to any church and play somewhere and get paid big money, big time. She's not in it for the pay. She knows that God has given her a gift to be a blessing to others. He blessed her with a beautiful voice. He blessed her to be able to play. He's blessed her to be a leader. And she says, God, I want to be a blessing to to the, your church. So that's why she, whatever God's given her, she's giving back. Kind of sounds like when God's going to come back and say, what did you done with the talents i given you? She goes, oh, well, I planted it all back in your church, God. I put it in your body. I, I, I sang, I, I played, I, I led, I did all this. And, and as a matter of fact, not only that, but because of the ministry that happened, all these people learned how to do anything. So now I got talent, they got talent, somebody else got talent then guess what you'll hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. But then you get so many people that get, they have their blessings and they, listen, the man that got the one talent, it's funny that it's called talent. You got a talent to make money. You got a talent to sing. You got a talent to sew. You got a talent to create. You got a talent, whatever your talent is, to dance, to do all these things, I bet you I can find a place for you to get paid. But if you come and do it for the Lord, just that one talent, God will bless you. But you do it for yourself, you're burying that talent in the earth. You know what the earth is? Flesh. I'm doing this talent for me, for my benefit, for me. And that's when God's going to say, so what'd you do? you like, Lord, I went out and I sang before millions. And people saw me sing. They saw me, and people worshiped. God said, yeah, how much did you get paid for that? That was your reward. You're a hireling. There's scripture about this. Listen, I asked you earlier, would any of you eat and and jet out on the the check? If you would, I mean, you you got to check your integrity if you do that. Watch this. A lot of people do that every Sunday. They hear and eat a good word and they jet out. They don't even tip. You come and get, you receive, you feel good, and you don't you don't do nothing. You're robbing God. Listen, I'm not preaching this for the building's sake. I'm preaching it for your sake. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you guys invest. you guys realize if you invest in something, you will not let go of it? If you put blood, sweat, and tears into something, you're not going to let go of it so easily. That's why people stay in relationships so long. I don't work too hard. I done fought too much. We, we done poured so much in this to let this destroy our marriage. Too much. Blood, sweat, and tears. I ain't giving up on this. See, we got that kind of attitude. When we put blood, sweat, tears, money. You invest it, your heart's going to follow whatever you invest in. That's why God said where your heart is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. You invest in church. Look, look, church hoppers, you know why they go from church to church to church? Because they never invest in the church they're in. They don't, and I'm talking about church hoppers. I'm not talking about somebody that just went from one church to another. I'm talking about people that's like, you ask them, so in the last five years, what churches churches have you been in? Chronicles 31 and 8. I said there's gonna be a lot of scripture. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Ezariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have had plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is in great abundance. If you all would just team together, if every one of us would team together and do what the Lord says, there will be plenty in the house of the Lord. But wait, but wait. This is what he said. And you'll be blessed. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. There are two consistent testimonies you guys that I hear from people that tithe and don't tithe. This is what I hear. I want you guys to run around and ask. This is what tithers say. I'm blessed. You ask a tither, they'll say, I'm blessed. I didn't say they say, I'm rich. They say, I'm blessed. Why? Because there's certain things that God can give you plenty of money for, and it's just going to drive you deeper into sin. But guess what? When God opens up the windows of heaven, I need you to in picture, like, this is in our natural mind. This is what we think. If God's pouring out hundred dollar bills on top of us and it's raining hundred dollar bills and you don't have a basket big enough to hold it. And because it's all overflowing, everybody that's around you, your loved ones, your friends, they come around you, they're able to collect some of that money because they get some of the overflow. That's why David said, My cup overfloweth. The overflow is for people around you. You're not supposed, to, you're not supposed to minister from what's in you, that's for you. It's the overflow that people are supposed to get from. Because God wants you filled with his spirit. So much for that out of your bosom shall flow the rivers of living water. You minister from what's flowing out of you. You guys understand that? So when God says, if you're a tither, if you're a keeper of my covenant, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. There's some of us in here right now that need peace. We need joy. God says, I can give you that so much so that when I pour out that peace upon you, watch this, you may be sitting down getting chemotherapy. You sitting there and, and, and why are you getting chemotherapy, you getting treated, and, and people that are around you, because you're a tither, you're a covenant keeper, and God's pouring out peace and grace upon your life and mercy and, and all this is pouring out that when people get around you, they're like, man, I just really like being around you. I just feel so good when I get around you. I don't know why is that? I'm glad you asked. It is nothing but the Lord my God. And you get to minister to people. They get to experience your overflow. Because you didn't have enough room to keep it anyway. So why are you trying to heap it up? Let somebody else get some of that. Amen. The other thing that I hear from non tithers is is this. I can't afford it, Pastor. I I couldn't afford it. I literally couldn't. If I sat down and added up everything, I couldn't afford it. My father-in-law, sorry for telling you business, Papa. (laughs) My father-in-law told me he wished he would have known the principle of tithing a lot earlier. The truth about it, he'd heard about tithing. And you know what? And I'll just be honest with you. I'm not trying to tell his business, but I'll be honest with you. He don't don't make that much money in retirement. But you know what he does? The first thing he does, when he gets paid, he's old school, okay? I just got to tell you first, he runs to the bank. And he gets cash. <laughs> he puts it in an envelope, licks it, seal it. And you know what he tells me? He says, ever since I started doing that, I never miss it. But I know one thing. I've never seen him be in a need for nothing. He's been, he's been, he's been, he's been, he's been on the edge, but there's one thing I've seen in my, in, in my father. I can tell that God has rebuked the devourer for his sake. That man looked younger than his children. <laughs> He's in good health. See, these are things that God will give you when you're a covenant keeper, when you don't depart from your ordinary behavior. The ordinances. And God has blessed him. And God will do the same for you. Try him and see. And it's not just about that. You have to understand you're being a blessing. You're touching people's lives and changing their destiny. There's a plethora of things that you're doing when you follow the commandment of God that it may be well with you. Saints of God, you'll never be able to afford tithing until you tithe. You just got to start. You just got to start. It's an act of faith. For some of you, God immediately, I, and I heard a testimony not too long ago that it was funny because somebody said, they won a hundred dollars. They were given a hundred dollars. They were blessed with a hundred dollars. and they told me after church, they said, "This is so weird. We just started tithing last week. <laughs> and some of you in here, it'll be months before you see it. because all in all, God is he's more interested in your faith than your finances. <laughs> upon where you're at with the Lord. You just got to trust Him. But He said, try me and see. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time... Thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.